is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 469, recorded on November 19th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim, Paul, Jim Collison. I don't even know my own name. Broadcasting live from the Average Guy DV Studios. Holy cow, my tongue is stuck in my mouth. Uh, here, of course, in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska, we post a show with world-class show notes. I don't know how many will be out there. The transcripts will be out there. Uh, but you can head out to the Average Guy. TV for this show, the average guy.tv, and then slash HGG469. Big thanks to our friends over at Hover. Of course, uh, Hover uh, in affiliate relationship, uh, uh, working with us. If you need a domain for, for anything, if you're start thinking of starting a new website, head over to the average guy.tv slash Hover. First domain is two bucks off, and it's just a great place to uh, house, store, keep, keep track. All that great stuff. Mike, you've had some pretty good experience with Hover, right? Yeah, I think I, I don't know how many domains. I should go check how many domains I have over there. But they've been the one I've used since the beginning and host all of them over there. Super easy to use. And you don't get all the extra fluff, which is what I love. They're just yeah. down to business. Kind of straightforward domain hosting. Chris, do you you have a, a host provider that you like to use for, for your domains? Uh, Hover is one of the ones I use. I've got a couple of domains over there. So uh, I can give a thumbs up to Hover. I like all right. I appreciate that. Head over to the average guy.tv slash hover $2 off your first one. And then you stay for the great service that is there while you're at it. If you need hosting, you can head over to Maple Grove partners, maplegrovepartners.com. The two go really well together. Of course, you know, that's Christian. Get high speed hosting from people that you know, and you trust plans start at $10 a month. Um, and a lot of great service from Christian. So head out to maplegrovepartners.com. And of course we appreciate Christian for his partnership I'm here as well. Um, Chris Nessie is with us tonight. Chris, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, I must be doing a good job. This is like my fourth time on the show. Yeah, well, that's good. I, you know, I've kind of developed about twenty, you know, guest hosts that we kind of just roll through about every six months that I just like, and so that's it's fun, right? When you like people, so, so uh, nobody else was available. Uh, that's basically what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris, uh, welcome. We're going to get to, we're going to catch up with you here in a second. I do want to thank Joe for sending over Joe. I hope you're feeling better. Joe sent us over the last of the, uh, the, the Arkansas beers. And this is an Ozark lager. Mike, you enjoyed this already. That's pretty, that's pretty good one, right? It was really good. So good. I enjoyed it a week before I was supposed to. And also I looked at the fridge. I'm like, Oh no, I have no left. Jim's going to be mad. I didn't leave one to open on the show, but yeah, they were delicious. Mike has no control. Like zero. (laughs) I was like, dude, save at least one for the show. And he's like, Hey dude, I drank them all. Come yeah, on. in the house, it gets drunk. Kind of a light lager. Uh, again, that's kind of, you know, that, that day drinker that we had. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Well, and I, so Hannah actually had one of these and, and she said it reminded her of more of like a, um, a more, just a little bit more flavorful, kind of like a Coors Light. Very light, very easy to drink. Yeah. I don't want to relate it to that, but, uh, you know, it's a lager. No, I, it, hey, I, you know, I, I've trashed you about Coors Light in the past, but. I fully made the way over to Bud Light. Like you I did. Just, I just, I used to just used to dog you about that, but now. <laughs> so, Joe, thanks for sending those over. Uh, uh, Eric Janowski sent 
a beer that we'll talk about in two weeks. Sammy is back next week in our kind of second annual Thanksgiving Friday kind of update with Samantha. And so she'll be on the show, my daughter. And uh, everybody always looks forward to that one as well. Uh, 10th anniversary show is coming up uh, here December 3rd, 10 years of Home Gadget Geeks, Home Tech before that. And I want you to do one thing for me. So um, head over to homegadgetgeeks.com. That'll take you to our pod page. There's a microphone right there. You can just click on that and leave a message for us. And kind of what I'm looking for, whether you're a longtime listener, first-time caller, short-time listener, you called a lot, you email me every week, whatever. I don't care. Get over there. We're just looking for some messages. And I'm not necessarily, you know, if you hung around, if you've been around the home server show community very long, you know the joke about congratulatory backslapping, right? You know, that was a comment that was made in our first year when we did the home server show. We kind of celebrated ourselves. I don't want it to necessarily be that, but I just kind of want some interesting tidbits from you. You can say whatever you want, favorite parts of the show, whatever, what things you've, gadgets you bought as a part of the show, whatever, whatever you want. It's 30 seconds. That's it. 30 seconds. It's going to cut you off. So long-winded folks, you got 30 seconds. Short-winded folks, you got 30 seconds. Head over to homegadgetgeeks.com. Leave us a message. That show's coming up here in a couple of weeks. So get, get busy on it right now. Uh, and... <clears throat> Love to have your messages. Chris, we had you back on here. Um, I'm going to say April, I think it was April, May time frame, right? I think we were all just locking down. Uh, we, we had a group who had come on, Brian and, and Nathaniel uh, had come on before you to talk a little bit about education. You came, your education uh, situation is a little bit different in what you both do and teach. Can you, can you catch us up, uh, Chris? Just tell us a little bit again. What's your day job? What do you do? What are you responsible for now, even in the middle of the pandemic? All right. So, well, first, the last time I was here, I had hair. So look what it's done to me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. COVID just really stinks. Just, just, I, I gave up basically when, you know, so it, it, it's new, it's light, it's airy, it's fresh. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I don't like have the patience to let it grow back. But I thank like you. It. Yeah. Thank you. Looks it's good. not all the way. I'm, you know, as short as it'll go that there's still something there. Yeah. No, um, but anyway, so I'm a high school social studies teacher by day. Uh, I have a passion for education and a passion for technology. So there's a nice intersection there for me and what I do. I'm also a podcaster. Uh, I teach at the college level. I'm an adjunct professor of communication at Rutgers University. And uh, I'm, a, I'm, ma I'm married. I have two children. And uh, I'm going crazier as the days go by. <laughs> okay. Let's maybe we should have, maybe these shows should become kind of an intervention for some people. Are you really okay? Are things, are you making it? Do, do I need to, do I need to send someone out? Are you trapped in the house? Are you okay, Chris? I need to get on the mailing list for the, for the drinks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty well, good gig. <laughs> there's these stores that you go into and then you can just take them right off the shelf and they just beep. And it's touchless and they have masks. Um, uh, we we are fortunate to have listeners, very generous listeners that send those to us. But um, uh, so you're you're still so from a high school perspective, when when we caught up with you in the spring, it was it was kind of messy, like some things. There was a lot of unknowns at that point, right? It was very messy. We were at a point in education where teachers were being asked to do things they had never done before on very short notice, uh, and notice is even too long of a time period. So it, it was, I mean, it was exciting. And, and at that point, 
a lot of people that know me were like, oh, Chris, this is like your Super Bowl. You like this is you were built. You've been training for this forever. And, like yeah. you are the house of ed tech. You are the guy. This is you. And yeah, I, I, I saw some success, but not without the trouble that went with it. And, you know, we talked about it back then, but, you know, it was low student engagement. You know, I, I was ready and raring to go and, you know, doing live streams, using StreamYard to conduct my classes and, you know, at the high school level, it was challenging and there were things way beyond anybody's control, like getting access to devices, getting reliable access to reliable internet service. And I'm not saying those problems are gone even now. It's better. Uh, one of the biggest improvements from the spring to the, here in the fall is I get engagement. So whereas we were just kind of trying to land the plane at the end of the school year last year, now we're we're back in the air and we're still kind of I, I hate this. We're kind of building the plane as we go in some respects, and that frustrates me on so many levels. But, but but Chris, do you feel like at least the plane has a frame this time? Like if you're building if it's getting put together in the air, at least has a frame to for something, or is it still as crazy like uh, the spring felt like literally you were trying to piece it together? Somebody threw you in the air and you were trying yeah. to some days, yes, and some days it feels like it's Wonder Woman's invisible plane for those out there who get that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In what way? Tell, in, in what way does it feel invisible to you? Be because sometimes I, I still, as, as much as I have knowledge and skill and know what I'm doing, so to speak, there are some days that I'm, I'm at a loss for what to do yeah. when, you know, I, I know I have students who are struggling and, and, it's beyond my control. It's beyond their control. And I got into education because I care about people and I care about the kids I teach. And when I can't help them, that just, it, it hurts. Yeah. It's legitimate hurt. Yeah. Do you feel like from a technology perspective, have, have you, and maybe what have you learned in that? Has it gotten better? And what have you learned over the course the, the the advantage to having you this late in the year is that you you're now three months into the fall right and so there's there's even more water that's gone under the bridge so anything new that you've learned or have to, where have things gotten better technology wise uh for me and, and people like me it I, I think the thing we've gotten better at is patience and you might not think that that goes with technology but if you use technology, you have to be patient with technology. You know, even when I set things up at home and it's like, you know, plug this in, hit the button, wait 10 seconds. You got to sometimes wait 15 seconds for things to connect to the Wi-Fi and, mm. you know, things of that nature. So I've learned to be more patient. I've learned to have more empathy and, you know, be even more understanding of what, whether it's my colleagues that are asking me for help with technology or my students and I'm, you know, I'm in a Google meet and I'm trying to have them share their screen and, you know, it's, it's a lagging connection and I need to help support them use a specific website we might be using for an activity in class. So patience, empathy, just yeah. that, that's, that's the biggest skill right now. Right. Do you feel like you've gotten any better at that? I said, have you gotten more patient, more compassionate as time has gone on or you just <laughs> you hit the end of your rope? I've hit the end of my rope for other reasons, but mm -hmm. definitely from day to day, full of empathy, full of compassion, yeah. uh, you know, teaching with grace and just a lot of understanding right now. And yeah. I, I think that's something that, you know, for, for anybody in your audience, you know, here live or listening after the fact, um, 
if you're not a teacher, you might not fully understand what we go through and what it takes and take some pause. And if your children are at home or they were at home, know that teachers are dealing with a lot right now. You know, even people like me where I'm worrying about somebody else's kids, but I've also got my own two kids at home as well that I'm responsible for because they're also home and virtual. So it's just a lot. It's a lot to keep track of and a lot to kind of worry about. Do you, are you a hundred percent virtual? Let's talk about high school. Are you a hundred percent virtual there? High school is a hundred percent virtual. My school has been that way. That's how we start the year. So uh, here in New Jersey, you know, my school year runs September to June. And before we even started, we knew in August, we're going to be a hundred percent remote. There was a hybrid plan in place to bring, you know, certain percentage of the kids back but we never even started with that plan. And they announced before school started, we're going to be virtual through the first half of the school year. So I am remote until February 1st. And I don't think I'm going back in February, Mm. not the way things are looking here in New Jersey, the nation. So I think this whole school year, I will be a hundred percent remote the whole year. We were talking a little bit about that in pre-show, just kind of feeling like, uh, you know, it's so funny when we, when this first happened in March, we went home and I remember having, being in a meeting like the 19th of March and we started saying, okay, how long is this going to go? That we were, we kind of started a pool. People were saying like June and July, you know, and July felt like that. Oh my gosh, that was going to be a hundred, July was be a hundred years. Right. And we all missed it. You know, we, we all kind of missed it from, from a planning, from that planning standpoint. Uh, Brian uh, in the chat room says uh, we just got Microsoft Teams for our students and staff. So much better overall with tech, but lots of tech help stuff now does take patience. And Chris, uh, that's kind of what I've heard. Do you do you feel like though the students are getting better? Maybe the parents are getting better. Like, are we getting better at the tech because we have to after this long? Definitely. I, again, when I was here in the spring, I talked about a lack of engagement. So again, I had students in the spring who, when we went out on March 13th, oh, what a Friday it was, yeah. uh, through the end of the year, I had kids who I didn't see or hear from, from since then. I don't know where they are. I don't know what happened to them. They were gone. Now, starting the year virtual, my students, and I still teach ninth graders, so God bless freshmen. God bless <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. They attend. They show up. So that's the biggest hurdle that they overcome. Uh, attendance and showing up to these Google meets is like 90% of the battle and they do show up. Are you guys a Google infrastructure? Is that kind of what you've, what everybody's. Yeah. My school, my school, my district is a, uh, uses Google for education, uh, the enterprise edition. So we're, we pay for extra Googly things. So yeah, we're Google, Google school. You, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Andrew says, do you know a portion of your school's students um, have, have working broadband at home? Is that a pretty high adoption? Do you track that? Do you guys survey? Do, do you know? At my level as a classroom teacher, I don't have access to that information in terms of the statistics. I do know that my community, you know, it's an ur- urban urban school district, that every kid has access to internet that the district is providing. So they're working with the local cable company to provide access to the, the the free and public Wi-Fi on the district devices. So the students in my district, K through 12, have Chromebooks. They are one-to-one. 
Um, the district has set up in various elementary schools, um, like uh, they call it a device depot. So it's like Geek Squad, like Best Buy, where kids can go and when they need to swap out a laptop or have repairs done, they can go there and, you know, they do like curbside, touchless, contactless, you know, tech support. Um, but the kids do have access. But I also know that some of my students, you know, depending on where they are in their house or their apartment, the connection isn't that great. You know, we, I mean, wireless is what it is. And, you know, even here at my own house, I've had my own, I'm, I'm hardwired, you know, from my office to my, and I still have issues. So I can only imagine what these kids and some of these families are having to deal with, but in theory, they should all be connected. Do you think some of the kids disappeared just because they didn't have access early in the spring? Like you didn't see them because like they just couldn't get connected or, or do you think some just the opportunity in chaos to just kind of, kind of bow out? I think it's a little bit of both. Couldn't get connected. I'll use the excuse that I couldn't get connected or uh, some apathy, some lazy, some, I don't care. Right. So I, it, it's all over the spectrum, but you know, was what it was. Uh, Brian says in the chat, he said, yeah, for us, it's about 50%. Some have tried to get by on their cell phone hotspots, but we supplied families with my fives uh, who needed them. And, and uh, that's a pretty common, did are folks in your district, do you, or maybe you don't know, but can they get, can people apply if they don't have it and they apply for things to get help with broadband? Yeah, so, so, so even in the spring, you know, companies like T-Mobile, uh, Verizon, they, they made it known that they were going to make things available, whether it's these, you know, personal hotspots. Um, I know Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever, I don't know who merged with who recently, but they're doing like, I think it's the Sprint 10 million or the T-Mobile 10 million where, and this is where I don't think it moves fast enough. They're like, over the next five years, we want to get 10 million students connected, you know, for free. Well, we need 10 million students connected yesterday. Yeah. So that, I mean, <laughs> Chris, do you think but, that though this will fix, like, I, it doesn't fix it this year, but over the next five, do you think we get eventually to a spot where the, the, that every student is connected? Does this bring us, show the emphasis, the emphasis on having connectivity? at home, do you think we get there or two years from now, things kind of fit, wrap it up and we go back to where we were before? I really hope so. I, I think this pandemic and everything going on has really magnified a lot of the blemishes that exist in public education. And it, this has caused a lot of things to speed up in terms of what districts around the country, maybe what their technology plans were in terms of maybe we were planning to go one-to-one and all of a sudden we have to go one-to-one. I know that was the case in my district where we had laptops available for kids to use in the building. And it was one-to-one while we were- Is that what that means? Yeah. Okay. One-to-one is every kid has a device. So that was available in the building during the school day, but my students uh, in the district didn't take devices home. When we went out for the pandemic, it was all right, the technology department gathered up every laptop from every classroom and every mobile cart and then distributed it to to the kids. So that's how they got to -to one-to-one. Was it the perfect plan? No. Are we going to move away from one-to-one when things go back to quote-unquote normal? Probably not because now kids have had these devices. Mm -hmm. They are, will be accustomed to using them and having the access regularly. And, you know, as a teacher to know consistently that when my kids go home, they've got access to the technology 
that's going to make my job easier because I know they got access. And I think over the next two, three, five years, we're going to take what we've learned in this 12 to 18 month period. And hopefully we learn some lessons. I know things are going to change at the top with a new commissioner of education when, you know, things settle down uh, at the federal level. So hopefully like all good educators should do, we reflect, we make adjustments, we grow and we move forward. Chris, anything you'd keep from this time is we think, you know, there's new, new, you've had new opportunities in this and that, to do some things that maybe you couldn't have done before. I don't know if that sentence was correct, but um, anything you'll keep or hope that you'll keep going forward that you're doing technology wise in particular. Tech wise, you know, taking advantage of some of the tools and the screencasting opportunities and creating the content. You know, I was big on taking advantage of the face-to-face time with my kids in, a, in, you know, traditional times, but creating screencasts and tutorial videos and making content and sending that to my kids and, you know, it's it just become so easy. You know, it, this year at the start of the year, I use a tool called Loom, L-O-O-M, which is, you know, a free screen capture tutorial maker that, you know, I, I can also send a video of just me. And when it emails the kid a link, there's a nice Gmail plugin. It'll let me know when whoever I sent the video to watches the video. So if I'm taking the time to make a quick two-minute screencast for a student, I know when they watched it. So I, I there's that return on the investment of my time that I know the kid watched it. Because they'll email me and say, you know, thank you so much, Mr. Nessie. I, I, I watched the video. Because I also say, let me know when you watched it. So I know that you watched it. So <laughs> things like that. Taking my time to create and go above and beyond to make some content, whether it's for the entire class or for one or two kids, I'm going to keep doing that because it's working. I always thought podcasting would fit really well in this from a model perspective. So let me explain my model, which is what we do. We have a weekly kind of program where we talk about things. I watch DIYers who maybe do three or four shows a week and they just show what they're doing. It's literally them just saying, I'm building this barn. I'm going to show you exactly how I do it. Or I watch some shipbuilders or I watch, right? I watch guys who fix cars. I have learned so much that way. And I thought, you know, it, without actually necessarily even doing anything. I mean, I think I've been able to apply some of those things to other things here at the house to go, oh yeah. Oh, I saw somebody do this. I had to do it that way. That makes sense. I always thought that would make sense from a teaching perspective to do your teaching as a podcast. And then the connection times or really just to have the meetup, right? That's just now the meetup time. Does that work? It, do forms of it work? Have you been doing anything like that where you've kind of turned it into a podcast as opposed to it being a teaching time? It does the same thing. Forms of that work in education, uh, the term we would use would be flipped learning, flipping the classroom, okay. where we would create the content or have students consume content, whether I create it or I send them to YouTube or listen to an actual podcast, they consume the content. And then when we have our meeting time, we've done the heavy lifting. Now we can have time for activities and, you know, really get into the the nitty gritty of the topics. Uh, Me being a podcaster, I didn't, I didn't do that. You know, I, I, I like live. So I would live stream. I do my classes live. You know, there are times where I will record what I'm doing to make it available after the fact. 
uh, certain lectures and, you know, different presentations I'll do. Um, but I, I wouldn't take the step to create another audio podcast to make it available to my ninth grade world history students to listen to me yap about world history. Mm. I understand my kids and that wouldn't work where I'm at. Could that work for some other teachers? Absolutely. Is it worth trying? Sure. Which means I didn't try it, but I have my reasons. <laughs> yeah. That, that reminds me a little bit of how, you know, law school was, right? Law school was go read this, these a hundred pages before every class. Um, here's my out. The teacher maybe gave an outline of like some specific points on it that he was going to cover, but then it was all Socratic method. So you got in, once you went into class, there was no presentation because you, you were supposed to have read everything, done everything, or in this case, maybe listen to the podcast, listen to the thing ahead of time. And you were coming together for a conversation and Socratic method with more. The, the professor was like, Hey, Mr. Weger, tell me about the case. You would summarize the case. Okay, so, you know, what is X point X, Y, Z? And he was just calling different people. And it was a conversation. The professor was more of just a facilitator at that point. Yeah, they would come in with some commentary to keep it on track or to, to kind of, you know, yes, that's right. Or nah, not really. Or, or get out of my class because you didn't read. That happened a few times. Uh, you obviously weren't prepared for today. But get, get that, out of class? Would they say that? Yeah. Oh, I got, I got kicked out of my very, like not kicked out, but he told me to come see him after class. My, I didn't know. I showed up to law school first day. We had an old army guy teaching constitutional law and I didn't know there was an assignment for his class on the very first day. And, uh, he said, come down and see me. And so I came down to him. He goes, this is the first day of class. Which question, that's not going to fly and everything like that. But from, he goes, this was a pass on the first day. After that, you were just out. He said, get up, pack your stuff, get out. If you hadn't read anything like that. So not that it'd be that serious, but that took so much discipline. That was honestly hard for us 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds to kind of do that much prep work ahead of time. I don't know. I'd be interested to see like what students, if you did do the pre-recorded stuff, pre-record it's hard. It's, it's hard, you know, without that active engagement and without the teacher, you know, being there, kids are going to, at least maybe I was a bad kid, but kids are going to get away with what they can get away with. So I think without that live, hey, I'm here, I'm watching you, you know, we're, we're all having this conversation, everyone's here, we're all together, show up. That might be hard for some students if it's not kind of a, a live on the spot thing for them to do, besides basic homework. For, for sure, because you're, you're going to find, I mean... 25-year-old law student Uyghur is probably a lot different than 14-year-old ninth grade. Oh, for Uyghur. sure. I was way more <laughs> immature when I was 23 than I was when I was 14. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, very different. True, yeah. Very different. Obviously true. Yeah, well, you know, you've, gone, you've gone through it all, right? You've gone through undergrad. You've learned that way of teaching. You've gone through the high school way of teaching. And now you're like, okay, now I can be responsible for my own stuff. But I, I could never have done that style. I could never have been responsible for that much prep work. Um, I could never have been responsible for answering that style of conversation in, in my teens. No way. And, and, you know, in my live Google Meet lessons, you know, it, it's me and, you know, I have an in-class support teacher who I can see her. I hear her. But then it's, you know, upwards of 25 avatars, cameras are off, microphones are muted, and it's, I mean, pulling teeth is easier than getting these kids to talk. And I, I know that, you know, uh, in my school this year, we moved from teaching the classes every other day. So a block schedule, you know, for the full year, seeing them every other day, I now see them every day and we move to semester. I know that these kids who I have in the fall we're going to get comfortable and then it's going to be a new group of kids in February. 
just at the point where I got them and, you know, we've got those connections and those relationships and that rapport, I'm going to get a whole brand new group of kids and I'm going to start from zero. Do you think those kids coming in though from, I mean, it, it's not going to be zero because they were working with a teacher before you, right? So do you hope? Right. But, but they would have, they would have had that relationship and that positive rapport yeah, right. with that teacher already. Right. I've got to build those relationships. They'll be good with the technology. Yeah. You know, they will have been asked to use some of the tools already, mm. but now it's, they have to learn who Mr. Nessie is. I have to learn who they are. And yeah, I mean, that's challenging when we're face to face in the same room sometimes. Yeah. Now I can't even see you. Yeah. So relationship with the students is interesting. Have you noticed on the relationships amongst the students? You know, when I was in high school, my biggest driver to get to school was to see my buddy John, maybe catch Sally Sue's eye in the hallway, you know, like interact with people. So you'd have your class and then in between class, you get that nice little break where you can go interact with all your friends and they're not getting that in between classes. Does their focus I think like that would have, that would have really affected my focus, right? Because there you at least get those breaks, go to your locker, get stuff, interact, talk to your buddies. Um, they're not getting that like personal interaction. Is it affecting kind of how those students' relationships are working? Are they less engaged than they were before later in the day? I'm really curious how mentally this is affecting the students not having that physical interaction when they're remote all the time. That might be sometimes the only interaction they're having with peers of their own is maybe during class. And obviously, you know, you don't want them talking amongst themselves during class. Right. Uh, well, well, the talking amongst themselves, again, whether you're a teacher using Zoom or Google Meet, you know, you do have the chat. So there are some times where I can see in the chat that Mike, the students are, they're talking about some stuff. Yeah. It may not be related to the topic. And I kind of let that go because it's not really interrupting me the way it would be if, you know, Bill and Joe are yakking it up in the back of the classroom, you know, yeah. them talking in the chat room doesn't disrupt my flow. Um, sometimes I see it and I, and I want to laugh or, you know, whatever they're talking about. Um, so, so that's one aspect. Uh, definitely them not seeing each other. School is a social place and you're yeah. right. They're not getting that. That's where, you know, for places around the country where high school athletics has been able to happen, that's been good for those kids because they're a part of their team. They get to interact with other young people, you know, through competition. Um, so like in my school, you know, they had football, they had soccer, they had some of the fall sports uh, here in New Jersey. So I know that some of those kids were having their social emotional needs met. Uh, it was just funny because, you know, I, I do the uh, the public address announcing for my school. I'm the, I'm the voice of the zebras. <laughs> and early in the year, I said to my kids in the Google meet, I said, you know, come out to the football game this Friday. I'm the voice. I, I play music, blah, blah, blah. You know, come up to the press box. You can meet me. I'll be there live. So I had a couple of kids come one Friday night and uh, they knocked on the door and like, are you Mr. Nessie? I'm like, yeah, who are you? Because I, I don't see their faces. And they're like, oh, we're so-and-so. We're in your block two class. I'm like, oh, fist bump. Nice to meet you. Six feet apart, mass on. And uh, one kid says to me, he goes, you know, Mr. Nessie, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, they see me like this, how you guys see me now. I'm, I'm sitting yeah. down. You can't tell how tall I am sitting no. here. No. And and I was just like, well, okay. I, I, I'm, now I know what you look like and sound like. And I had another kid just uh, last Friday, football player. He said, hey, Mr. Nessie. And I'm like, hey. He's like, you don't know who I am. I'm like, I haven't got a clue. He goes, oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm in your class. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. 
It's the beginning of November. I've had the kid in class every day since September 8th. Yeah. You know, but the cameras aren't on. I, I don't really hear their voices and they're not, if they do something with some of the tools where they can turn their cameras on, you know, I see this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so for those listening, I see the ceiling. Is that, is that, was that always from the beginning that I was curious about that when you said you see avatars and their cameras aren't on, is it not a requirement for them to have their camera on? In my classroom? No, it is not a requirement. So it's classroom by classroom. Well, classroom by class, my district hasn't mandated that cameras have to be on, but I do know that there are places uh, where teachers or districts are saying cameras have to be on or uh, my son, he's in third grade and the teacher, the third graders are more willing to put their cameras on because they're goofy, yeah. not like yeah. ninth grade goofy, they're, they're third grade goofy. And when he's taking his tests or little quizzes, he's got to have the camera on his laptop pointed down so the teacher can see, you know, what they're doing. My dad, he's a high school math teacher, makes the kids have the camera on when they're doing assessments. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I think anybody who is making kids turn on the camera you're making a big mistake and it's not fair to the kids because you don't know where these kids are, what their learning yeah. environment is. And that could make some kids feel uncomfortable. And if you're forcing kids to turn the camera on, you are blatantly disregarding their emotions, their feelings, their perspective. Um, so I don't even go there. I love to hear that because I thought the same exact thing. You know, there were so many kids, even in you know my high school, where you know they came to school and that was their escape from their kind of reality of what they lived in. And all of a sudden, if if we would have had a live camera into their house while they were home, um, it would have completely you know. And some of them might have been embarrassed. Some of them might have just it wasn't the best learning environment. They didn't want to broadcast that things like that. And you know, it, you don't know what emotional toll that's taking on a freshman. Right. I mean, that that's everything. When when you are physically in school, you get to be physically in school and all that doesn't matter. Right. Uh, they you know, your, your clothes might be the only thing that like, you know, people can judge you on. But as soon as you flip that camera on, I, I, I like that stance. But that's got to be a hard stance for all the reasons you just mentioned. You feel like you've never met any of your students because you've you've, you know, never seen their face, which has got to be so hard as a teacher when I'm sure you get motivated by you're motivated by your students and putting a face to a name is probably so important for you guys. It is critical. And, uh, you know, I mean, we have like our student information system where we do grades and stuff and I can look up their, you know, profiles. So some of them have pictures, but, you know, some of them, it's like their third, it's like the picture is outdated and you know that they don't like, they, it's like a third, it's like, a, it's an elementary school picture. Yeah. So it's not current. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's tough. I, teaching's it, not easy. <laughs> it's not, by the way, this camera thing's not limited to school. So when we came, when we came home, you know, this is the studio look, right. And it's, I've, I've fashioned it, you know, to be what I want in this look. And it, you get outside of the boundaries and it's, it's not what it looks like. Right. <laughs> Chaos and, you know, ensues. It, a little bit, a little bit. It's, I mean, this is our kind of our, our basement area and we have storage down here and we hang some extra shirts over off to the side, kind of use it as some extra storage down. Here. Well, my work friends, like, you know, they they were used to seeing this or my office at work and um, the work computers here. And I would just turn the camera on and face it this way and it would face right into the basement. And people could not get past 
the, you know, I have some shelves with some boxes on them and sleeping bags and the cat box and some other things, right? People just couldn't get, get, get past that. Mike, you had some coworkers who said your background. Not coworkers, clients. Clients. Yeah. Who said, hey, your background's not professional. Yeah. So, like, what are you in your garage? It's not very professional. And they didn't even tell it to my face. They told it to my boss yeah. who then had to give me the comment. And I had to find, you know, now I'm upstairs in my dining room. And because the back room, the background is a bunch of family portraits and it kind of looks like an office background. They don't realize I'm in my dining room, you know, because I, I live in a small house, a little ranch style house. And there's not much room, either I'm in my bedroom or I'm in my dining room or I'm down here. This is this is where all my tech is. And this is where I have the best audio. This is where, you know, and yeah, sorry, it's like a workshop, right? It's an unfinished basement with a workshop in the background and it's kind of the rustic style. But uh, yeah, that comment still just uh, kills me. I think about my background every single call now. It made me so self-conscious. So that's why I say I can totally, like, I don't know how that would affect a 14-year-old. If you're embarrassed at all by your background and you know kids are commenting on it, they're going to get a text yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's like, you know, something about their background that they see. And uh, it made me self-conscious. I will never, ever get on a work call down here ever again. <laughs> it's so, and, and, you know, that's the interesting. So like I, I get kids who, you know, they, if it goes on when we're all together in a Google meet, it's like by accident, but something I'll also do is I'll, I'll open up a separate Google meet. So I call that like the one-on-one -on -one help room. So if a kid has a question, they don't want to ask in front of everybody or in the chat, they can go in this other Google meet where I'm also active and on with the camera and you know, there they will turn the camera on when it's just me and and and, and the kid. So I I I have heard some voices and they feel more comfortable. Um, definitely the voice thing, though. You know, I I know when I ask a question and I hear silence that they're they're trying to like type it out, and I'm just like, Uyghur, just turn on your microphone and say it. It'll be a whole lot faster. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, there's this big delay between my question and them trying to type out their response. So, right. Well, I eventually went and bought some curtains. And cause it wouldn't like, I would, these are, these are people who know me. Like these are coworkers who are like, I was like, guys, get past it. Like, it's just a thing. Like I, it's more convenient for me to have the camera on this way right now than to sign into my studio computer, set all that up, bring the microphone over. They already, you know, they already thought the microphone was crazy to have, you know, until the pandemic and then they all wanted one. And um, so I had to put some curtains up. And uh, just to kind of keep the distractions down. So I totally, like, I didn't totally understand that, Chris, until that happened to me. And then I'm like, oh, I get this. I get this now. And I, I, I when, when folks join in, it's funny. Everybody's really worried about their background. And I, 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 I'm not. I really don't care. I mean, there's a lot of things I could do with this. I'm actually changing it around all the time. I'm moving things in my background. I don't care. But that's not the way it is for everybody. And so good good for you for kind of recognizing that. But then there's people like me who, when I show up to the faculty meeting or when I first signed on to my classes, it's like, oh, look at this guy and his microphone. And the <laughs> yeah, right. No, right on. Right on. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's another outside of the norm. It, those things, whether you're in person or you're virtual, when you go outside of the norm, it still gets attention. It gets people's attention, you know. And, um, and so, yeah, I think an important lesson, um, in that is, as we think about the norms and the norms have changed a couple uh, comments from chat, uh, Brian said, it's been fascinating to see students log in our eight thirty to three traditional school days, especially at the high school level should really be rethought. Chris, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, there are a lot of school districts, my own included, where they've taken the physical school day, you know, eight to two twenty, and just made it virtual. So my classes are still 80 minutes. They've just kind of tweaked a few things because there's no, you know, lunch periods. When we're in school, we have three lunch periods. Now there's one virtual lunch that the whole school is on lunch at the same time. So there are 10 minutes between the Google meets, but that 10 minutes flies by. If we had 10 minutes between classes in the building, there'd be chaos and a lot of things could happen in 10 minutes. Now, 80 minutes, 10 minute break, 80 minutes, 10 minute break. Everybody gets their hour or you know 40 minutes for lunch virtually. Um, I would have liked to have seen shorter classes, shorter time during the day because I don't care how old you are, whether you're in kindergarten or you're a senior in high school, sitting here at the computer for that amount of time, it's not good. It's not effective long-term. So yeah, and I know Brian, we're on the same page. We uh, we have gone to 50-minute meetings, kind of not mandatory, but suggested like, hey, make it 50. And if you make it 45, it's even better. And give people some time because <laughs> we were doing, you know, we used to have that time where we would move around the building and you had five minutes, 10 minutes to reset, maybe visit the bathroom on the, on the way to the next meeting. We'd always start meetings a few minutes late. It's just the way it was. But uh, now, virtually, you can literally go meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And people were feeling like, I can't even get out of my chair, you know, much less, um, uh, you know. So they just, they felt, they, they got all bound up on that. I imagine the kids are feeling the same way. Is the school schedule set in a way that, so there's some break, there's some break for them to kind of reset until the next class? Or is that up to the teacher? Or how does that work? Well, like that's that 10 minutes. So for example, I'll, I'll use my myself. So my first class goes from eight to nine twenty. Then there's a 10 minute break. The next, the period two starts at nine 30. That goes till 10 50. Then there's a 10 minute break. Kids might have a class at 11. So it's class 10 minutes, class 10 minutes. And my students are taking four classes a day and the teachers are teaching three. We get our lunch and our prep. Yeah. Uh, you feel just as effective as before, less effective, more effective as we think about this in this space. How are you feeling about the, the mode? I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean. So think back to last year at this time, you were in class doing this and you kind of felt like you had some amount of effectiveness with the students. And in other words, your ability to teach them their, their, their grades, their scores, those kinds of things. Well, right. Compare, okay. So, because the spring was a mess, but now that we're a year later, the way you're teaching now, do you feel less effective in, in, in the teaching that you're doing? Or I, I don't, I don't know how I would rate my effectiveness. I mean, I, I think what I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And so, right, right. That, that's, that's all I can ask of myself. Um, would I prefer to be in my classroom with, you know, 25 to 30 kids in the same room? Yes. You know, I, I, you know, I, I can see more, I can hear more, you know, there are times where I can use the breakout room feature in a Google meet where I can have the kids in smaller group settings mm -hmm. and I can bounce from group to group to group. But when I'm not in there, I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. All I know is when I show up, cameras are off, mics are muted, nobody's talking, <laughs> which means what are they doing when I'm not there? Right. The cameras are off, the mics are muted, 
Nobody's talking. When I'm in the classroom, I can be on one side of the room and I can yell at the five kids on the other side of the room. What are you doing? Right. I can hear you're off task. You know, so it's been a little challenging to create or recreate what a classroom is in the virtual setting, but we're all doing the best we can. That's the bottom line. Chris, I haven't asked you this question yet, but at the college level, then vastly different as far as engagement goes and teaching and teaching styles. You were online anyways, right? You were doing those courses online to begin with, right? Uh, No, those were also in person. So, so, so in the spring I had to make the shift Mm -hmm. to go completely online. And that was easier because you have kids who are financially and emotionally invested Mm -hmm. in their education. You know, they, they're paying to be there. So, it was easy for me to say to those students, all right, come to the live stream, go to my YouTube channel, go to the private stream and using StreamYard, get the kids in the chat, bring them through here like I'm doing a live show. And that was class. That was able to work. It was really great for the one class I teach called Virtual Team Dynamics, (laughs) which was talking about how all this worked. Mm -hmm. So halfway through the semester in the spring, they got a real hands-on experience of what it meant to be virtual. And now teaching that class and all the classes this entire academic year at Rutgers are all virtual. So I've been able to right off the bat do the live streams or do Google meets or do zoom calls. And I still deal with kids who come on and they're like, do we need to have our cameras on professor? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, that's up to you. So even at the college level, I'm not going to make it a person. You have to turn your cameras on. I need to see you the whole time. But I know that some college educators are, think it's okay to make adults turn their cameras on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's been an experience. Uh, other Jim says uh, cameras open you up to whole, uh, to legal reporting by what goes on. Uh, Absolutely. So is that, is that true? It is true. Yep. 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 I mean, so if I don't see it, I don't, if I don't see something, yeah. I don't have to say something. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, Mike, I don't know about you, but for me, and Chris, you can weigh in on this too. Um, I, I love the camera on in the professional setting. I love camera on. I don't like talking to a picture or just audio. Like I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. And early in, early on, I would say I would join a call and then, you know, they have their cameras off and I'd say, you going to turn your camera on? <laughs> like just a question. You going to turn it on? And, and a few would go, no, <laughs> like I'm not, not today, I'm not doing it today. And I would, I would peer pressure them into turning it on and, and some win, some weren't. Now, and Mike, I guess this is where I want to ask you to now, if I just show up with the camera on, I hear them fumbling to get their camera on. They don't even, yeah. I don't need to say it anymore. They're kind of like, oh, give me a second. I'll turn my camera on. Almost like if you join a call and somebody else is on camera, you should be on camera too. Is kind of, kind of what the, I don't want to say the rules, but the norms have come. Mike, for you, any difference? No, yeah, the, the, those norms are true. Um, I wish they weren't, in my scenario, only on the client-facing side. I think it's it's sometimes really awkward, especially with like opposing counsel. You know, we're having discussions, and me, I there have been deals that I, I worked on. This one deal lasted about a year, and me and the other opposing counsel finally got in the gist of we're good with no cameras. She had kids, I had kids. Like we we know we had dogs. Like you know what? Let's just do because I miss honestly on a lot of calls. I do miss the conference call with no face speak mainly because I'm a pacer 
And in my office at work, I just, I get on my headset and I just pace around the room. That's how I think best. And I can't sit in front of a computer and pace. And I just, so whenever I got on calls, I would pace. And I can't do that now, um, especially on external calls when I'm, I'm doing a lot of negotiating and I need to be kind of fully present. Um, I'm, I'm too wrapped up in looking at you to be fully thinking. So, but you're right. All internal calls now are pretty much all video. If someone doesn't have it on and everyone else does, it's kind of just, you hear, you start to see one person turns it on and then all the other just start to click, 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 and they go on. Um, and there's, but also at the same time, the shaming for not having video or the questions for not having video have disappeared. If someone's video stays off, we all just assume you got a kid at home and he's on your lap. You got, you're doing something else. You're, you know, doing a load of laundry while you're on a call. No big deal. Like we all get it. So that question and like, oh, we can't see you. Remember that, like that comment was so common in the first part of quarantine with, hey, we can't see you. Where are you? And that's gone away, which I really appreciate because there have been days where it's been not, I cannot be on video. I have a sick kid at home. I've got this, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, I didn't, my kid was running late, so I didn't get a shower quite yet. And I'm in a ball cap and this is a client meeting. Not going to turn my video on just quite yet. You know, things like that where, uh, but the questions have gone away. I'm fine either way. I really don't mind whether people turn their video on or off. I would probably now prefer them off. I would say I'm not, um, not a huge fan of them on all the time. I was in the beginning. I was a big fan of video in the beginning. Um, but now, uh, you know, for internal meetings of a tight group that sees each other all the time, that's fine for video. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm not a fan otherwise. I don't know why. I, I've, I've become less di disenchant, uh, disenchant, disenfranchised with the idea of video on all these calls. What happens when you're franchised? Nobody ever says that one. Like, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm franchised. Uh, I'm franchised into it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know when that changed for me. Um, I don't know what it has been. It's almost just exhausting at this point with video on every single call. And I think mainly in, in business, there are so, I think it's because of this and maybe this is bad and maybe this will change the way we do meetings in business. There are so many meetings that you do not need to be fully, fully present for. Mm -hmm. And it is so evident that I'm doing email, that I'm doing other things when I'm literally just a passive participant in the meeting. And there are so many of those. So maybe this will change the way we do meetings and only have the required people present, um, but there are meetings where I, I am technically required, right? I need to be listening to this, but only passively. Like I'm there for, you know, be listening kind of, and then, oh, hey, Mike, on the legal issue of this, what is it? And boom, boom, boom. Then, I'm, then I'm there, right? And I've been listening, but I'm also cranking out an email. I'm drafting a document while I'm doing that. And it's just, I think of it as rude for me to be, I'm looking over at my other screen doing this the whole time and the person talking it's it's distracting to them They're like that person's not paying attention to me and i'm way. losing their attention i don't see it that way at all really meetings no no i don't and i know there's like i used to do it when in person i would be you know we'd be in a meeting and i would only be paying half attention i'd be checking email in person oh, see that would distract that i would i would consider that like i i would get mad at that i would be like that's rude like I'm talking, you're in this meeting, be present while you're here. Yeah. And that was always the great part about conference calls is because it was kind of, you could all be on and yeah. just be listening. Because yeah. even our, our Q3, like our quarterly meetings company-wide, a lot of people have video on. And I, I do it because, it, but it's like, okay, it's a company like update meeting, <laughs> you know, and but people have that need to feel like they need to be staring right at that camera, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. focusing I in. I don't, I okay. don't, I just can't. Um, maybe that's why I haven't ever been promoted. Um, Chris, when you, when you, Mike, you've just helped me realize why maybe I haven't uh, done very well at work. Um, Chris, 
when you're meeting with, do you guys do staff meetings with the teachers? Do you have, is there teacher training? Like those were a very important part of things. When we think about the actual faculty, are you guys getting together and our cameras on when you're doing it? We, we do still have, uh, we have our monthly faculty meeting. So those are a joy to be inside of a Google meet with 220 people. Mm-hmm. So for, for that, typically it's cameras off because that saves on bandwidth and right. the meeting doesn't lock up on you when you got 250 people in the meeting. Right. Um, but, but something I hope would come out of that would be maybe administrators could record some content, make a screencast and send it out. And we wouldn't have to sit inside of a Google meet, you know, or, you know, I, I keep trying to get my principal to use StreamYard to yeah. Yeah. do because YouTube is a lot more powerful than, you know, Google meets and we could ask questions in the chat and they could do their presentation. Yeah. Um, That's where a podcast but, is actually a good idea. Right. In that sense. Yes. Of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> um, but, but like weekly, you know, we have a uh, common planning time. So every Tuesday there's my vice principal, some other social studies administrators and like five of my colleagues based on our schedule we get together, we're in a Google meet once a week. There's like six of us and cameras are on, cameras are off. Um, it was never, even going back to the spring and maybe it's us as teachers, it was never, you must have your camera on. You know, It was more frustrating in person to go to a department meeting and be told, close your laptops. We can't be on our devices. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I like, like Mike, like what you're saying, I could passively listen to what you're telling me while I'm grading or checking my email. Yeah. But now that I'm at home, I can do whatever the hell I want on my own computer and I can still be listening to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I just tell people, Hey, if it looks like I'm bouncing around, I have three monitors and my camera's up here. So I'm looking at you on the screen, but I got whatever I want on the screen over here, over there. So I'm covered. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even when I'm paying attention, I'm still, I can't, I still have squirrel eyes. You know, I'm always looking yeah, around. Only God knows what you've been doing this whole time, Jim. Well, I'm, I know Mike is watching the game. So like, true. Tough <laughs> here. I've been watching. Say, he's yeah. got the, the flat TV mounted above. You know I'm, yeah. okay. I'm okay with it. Like, I, I guess in, in every, this, I guess is where everybody's different is I'm okay with that. Um, you know, there, it wasn't too many years ago. Christian and I would work together. Christian's he runs Maple Grove Partners, and I've done a lot of work with Christian. We just open up a call, do work, and we would rarely talk to each other. But the call was open in case we needed to say something, and we may go an hour or two with just dead air. And then like, hey, can you test that now? You know, I'd hear him typing and doing some stuff. Can you test that now? Yeah, okay. And it was just convenient to do it that way. And I, I don't know. For me, I never really worried about that camera piece. If you're paying attention. Chris, I'll be honest with you. Even tonight, if you were, if while I was talking, you were looking other places, you could be looking at the chat room. You could be looking something up. I think of Dave Jackson and I on Saturday mornings, we are constantly looking things up and, you know, answering things in the chat. So I don't know. I guess I forgive all that. I just, when, when people do it, I'm just like, that's fine. Look away. I'm good. You know, you don't have to listen. So. So you're forgiven, Mike, for watching the game <laughs> yeah. podcast. That's true. I guess I was speaking out both sides of my mouth right there, wasn't I? With the, oh, it's okay. looking away. Uh, it's 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 okay. I forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's it is actually okay. Uh, Andrew says uh, job four last. We routinely had video calls between sites, and this is another thing where we did too. Where you might have a conference room in one place and a conference room in another. And you could kind of see people, but you kind of couldn't because it was kind of far away. 
and it was awful, right? Just didn't, uh, it just didn't work. Chris, anything on the college level that's worked really well for you that was, that's maybe different than at the high school level? I mean, if you take one thing away on the college side of doing this, this way. No, you know, not really. I mean, it's just, it, it comes down to the students want to be there. So they're, they're maximizing whatever technology I throw at them, you know, whether it's a Google meet or if I go live stream on my YouTube channel, you know, they show up. The only difference has been, you know, we're, we're doing asynchronous instruction. So I can't conduct my classes, you know, on Tuesday nights from eight to nine 30, let's say. So I have to have way more flexibility in my schedule. I have a set time where, yeah, it would be the time where we would have had class, but I can't say, well, if you weren't there, it, it counts against you for attendance or participation. You know, I just make that content available after the fact. So it's kind of like podcast. It's I, I send them the YouTube video. So th- that's one thing. And I wish I could do more of that at the high school level, but unfortunately in many places they measure seat time. Yeah. So yeah. they're measuring the wrong end of the student, in my opinion, when you do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I go ahead, take it in. Take it I in. like it. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's accurate. That's a good one. That's a good one. If, if I could do my lecture with the high school class in 25 minutes and just end the meet, I would, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, and other people around the country, Got to keep your kids in there for that 80 minutes, you know, from top, from bell to bell instruction. And, uh, you know, yeah. but, but there are times where even my last class of the day, you know, I'm supposed to end at 220. Sometimes I ended at 210, 215. You know, there have been days where I've had to go into meetings. I'm like, all right, I'm ending this at two o'clock. You keep working. I know they're not gonna, but, you know, I've got this other thing to do. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. You know, Again, it goes back to empathy, compassion. Yeah. understanding technology offering wise. Do you find one is better than the other university versus your freshman course? Like the offerings from the school district compared to the university. Um, I know that all of the kids have devices on, at, at, on both levels. Um, I've had a couple of kids at the college level tell me, you know, I, I don't have a webcam. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can still join the meet or watch the video. You know, you don't need the camera. I never said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had one kid tell me, you know, I, it, it's a PC that I built and I'm thinking, all right, you built this computer from scratch and you didn't put a webcam. Ah, come on. <laughs> didn't buy a webcam. That's probably what they'd say. Right. Yeah. Do so, you, Chris, looking ahead to the spring. Okay. So falls over. Right. For the most part, we're, we're getting pretty close. Are you guys going to do school in December? Will you have classes? I know a lot of colleges are stopping at Thanksgiving and then Christmas break or winter break is all December and a good chunk of January. How are you guys? You know, um, at Rutgers, I, again, I can't speak yeah. for other institutions, no. um, but at Rutgers, the school year has been said it's virtual. So they're keeping the same calendar. So my fall semester ends December 7th, December 8th, when it normally would. Okay. And then they've got their winter break. And then the spring semester starts virtually yeah. at the end of January. Same calendar, just everything's remote. That makes sense. Yeah. My daughter is in person and they did not want people going home at Thanksgiving. And it's good thinking now with everything spiking at the moment, going home at Thanksgiving, coming back for two weeks. And then, you know, 
it just, it seemed like a Petri dish, right? Uh, experiment, right? So they were like, yeah. Um, but even more so than normal college time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I think it's changed. Um, I, I really do for the, for the folks that are meeting in person that, you know, the beginning of the semester was just all hands on deck, literally. And, and you know, a bunch of kids got infected right away. And then they seem to have kind of gotten it figured out on campus and they're, I think they're doing better now than they were at the beginning of the semester for in-person. She's still scared to death. You'll hear from Sammy, I guess next is next week. Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you'll hear from Sammy next Friday on that. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be in a college newsroom during a major election, which will be super fun. And then we'll talk a little bit about kind of being on campus during this COVID situation. So it'll be kind of the follow-up Chris to this conversation that we're having here. But for you, since you're a hundred percent virtual on both ends, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Calendar stays the same. Yeah. Cool. Chris, you started a new podcast in the middle of all of this. And sure. Why not? <laughs> and yeah, why not in the middle of all this, but maybe a little bit different than what people think, you know, you're an educator, you got house of ed tech, um, you know, you, you, you're in this area, but your new podcast, something completely different. What, what are you guys doing? Completely different. My, my buddy and I, I got the, the swag on the other show I do is called podcast PD and my friend AJ Bianco and, uh, our other friend, Stacy Lindis, we do that show and it's anytime, anywhere professional development for teachers. We do a live stream every other Sunday, but AJ and I are both big baseball fans. We are big New York Yankee fans. And we decided just a couple of weeks ago, hey, why don't we start a podcast about the Yankees? Fan podcast. We can just talk baseball and just not do anything with education, but we can do all the fun stuff with the live streaming and podcasting that we've enjoyed for the last couple of years. So he was like, I'm in. I need this. I have two young children. He's got three young children. Um, we both needed something that was not education, just yeah. talking baseball. So we started a podcast called The Chase for 28. If you're not a Yankee fan, the Yankees have 27 world championships and we are chasing the 28th one. So we started a podcast all about baseball and, you know, here through the offseason, we're going to talk about the Yankees every two weeks. And then when the season gets going in the spring, we will do a weekly show and just talk Yankee baseball and just have some fun. We had a big conversation between the three of us in pre-show about <laughs> how Major League Baseball and, and, and the NHL kind of mishandled the spring. The NFL seems to be handling it, I think, Mike, I think a ton better than totally anything right. right to date. I mean, they're doing, you're, in fact, you're watching it right now, which is pretty great. It's actually happening, right? Happened on a schedule. It's happening on time. Chris, do you think uh, Major League Baseball will get their act together? I mean, pitchers and catchers are, are, are coming up here in the next you know, three months. Will they get their act together in time to be able to do a full season? I hope so. I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I, I would love to see a full season. Um, I, I can't afford to go to as many games as I would like. So if there's no fans in the stands, the view on TV looks just the same. I could deal without, you know, something like Fox putting the fake fans, like the digital video game fans in the stands. That's just creepy. <laughs> um, but the crowd noise, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as it looks good on TV, that's fine. Let, let, let them play. And uh, I, I hope that they do 
get that together. I, I think they'll all the leagues as they go through their off seasons will revise their their COVID plans or you know what their bubbles will look like. I know you know with the NBA looking to start, uh, I think in January. You know they just had the draft the other night. Um, I, I think sports is gonna look different. Um, again, in in many places, I, I think I want to say, I think I heard in Australia. I, I want to say rugby or Australian football, something like that. They've been able to hold major sporting events where they've got 60,000 fans in the stands, hmm. you know? So wow. they're, they're doing it right. Whereas here, you know, we, we got the Dodgers win the world series and you got a guy who tests positive for COVID and is out running around celebrating without his mask on. Well, you we got to America. We're, we got to be yeah. number one at something. And we are definitely number one at COVID. <laughs> We're, uh, we we are we are so good at COVID. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we win, we win at COVID. Um, we shouldn't joke about that. Um, Mike, do you back think, to back to back world champs, baby. <laughs> Mike, did you watch the World Series? At no. all? Are you, are you baseball guy? Normally, would you have? Uh, if the Royals are in it, yes. But otherwise, no. Okay. Yeah, I. It was hard. I I don't think uh, Chris. Did you watch the World Series? I did. I, I mean, I wasn't fully invested. It was like background, like it was on just because, you know, it's the World Series. I'm a baseball guy. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't invested. Yeah, no, it was it was really hard. Just it was hard to watch any of those. And yet I've been invested in the uh, in the NFL. Um, well, I was mentioned in pre-show. I've gotten hooked on the YouTube 10 minute summaries of each game. So Sunday night, I kind of I don't watch anything through the weekend. By the way, I've stopped watching college football altogether. Like that used to be all day Saturday. I watch zero college football now, which can't be good, right? But on Sundays, um, I wait till the evening, get, do dinner and get get down here. And then that's kind of my unwind time as I watch three hours of all the games from Sunday. You can get them all in because they're just a little 10 minute and they'll just play one after another after another on the NFL channel. It's been super, like I've really liked that. Mike, you had mentioned the tonight there's some you there's some twitch uh influencers that are are talking about the game as it's being played right i think it's cardinals uh seahawks, seahawks. yeah it's kind of cool nfl teamed up with a, with twitch and some of their top streamers so you know tim the tap man if you're a twitch guy you know who he is nick Merks, um all those guys they have teamed up so on their actual channel so if you go to tim the tap man's channel you're watching the game it's a way for you to watch the game He's in the corner talking about the game, but they also have an overlay. My favorite part is the NFL overlay that you can like, they're like, okay, on this drive, are they going to pass for 50 yards, run for 50 yards or neither? Right. And so, and then it's a competition amongst the fans of that channel. So not only are you in with a guy that you usually watch, you listen to, you love being part of the community, you're competing with all the people. He's talking to chat the whole time. Just, okay, chat. And he's like, he's, you know, he's like, Brett Favre or, or whatever. And he's like, and everyone's like, oh, in the chat, they're all ranting over their favorite quarterback. It is the most interactive sports experience I've ever had. And it's a ton of fun. Like they only do on Thursday nights right now, but I can see them doing this because you got to think about, I mean, these guys alone, when they're playing just video games weekly, they're bringing in 30 to 60,000 live viewers, which is nuts. I mean, they are constantly 30 to 60 live. And a lot of those fans, I'm guessing this is a stereotype, don't kill me gamers, might not be interested in football. But hey, if you're a commentator, if your guy that you always listen to is just talking for an extra three hours on a Thursday night, 
they might watch. The NFL is smart. They're breaching into a whole new audience that may not typically, with stereotypes, be interested in NFL football. And I think it's a smart move on their part. And for me, I used to just watch on Fox or YouTube TV, but I go over there because like, if I'm going to watch the game anyway, it's like watching with a friend. It's like watching with a guy that you always love talking to. And I think they're doing a really, really good job. Chris, do you think you'll bring any of that in your podcast? Uh, you would bring any different elements to, like, instead of just talking about it, might you <clears throat> try to talk about it during a game or do something live on Twitch during the game? Would that would that be a possibility for you? I, I 100% think so because, you know, being live and streaming using something like this, I do it for other stuff. So why wouldn't my buddy and I try yeah. to do that and leverage the audience on, say, a Twitch or say, hey, we're going to go live on YouTube and watch the game with us? You know, didn't you hear just do like a virtual meat smoking event mm-hmm. yeah. with your community? Yeah. So yeah. if you can do it with meat, you can do it with sports. Well, well and that's why sports needs to open up their licensing, though, because you would get in trouble, obviously. Because remember, Jim, you had the NFL game on that tiny little screen behind you during a podcast. Dwayne, my guest, had it on. That's right. Dwayne had it on his screen and we got pulled off YouTube because yeah. in his tiny screen behind him, he had the game on. Yeah, almost like re- here. It was yeah. that way, Chris. And we had the game on. No sound. It Nothing. was just and YouTube found that, which is amazing. Like they pulled it. Think about that. Think they found it in this little square and they pulled it from it from us. So this is why the sports like NFL is so smart to like actually do it the right way, give them the rights to stream it. Uh, I don't know what he has to go through on the back end to even get that to work. I can't imagine it's easy, um, but they need to open that up because Chris, I mean, that's a perfect opportunity for you and your fans to do that exact. Even if you're just listening to on the radio while you guys are talking, you know, if you're an audio only podcast or watching it, it's such a good way to get interaction into the, into the sport. Chris, Mike and I are Kansas City fans. We hope the Yankees never win another game ever. Just to be honest, just to be hundred percent, we 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 would be fine if the Yankees lost every game for the rest of our lives. But uh, you're you're certainly passionate about it. Where do you hope? Um, where do you hope the podcast goes? I mean, sure, it's an outlet of doing something different. But but kind of, what are the hopes and dreams on this thing? What would be a success for you? Hopes and dreams, uh, having some type of relationship with the team and getting to leverage that, you know, and, you know, maybe getting access, you know, interviewing players would certainly be fantastic. Um, Maybe we should have started it way back in the spring where nobody was playing and, you know, you hear that all these people were available and, you know, doing interviews. Um, I mean, who knows where it could go? I mean, we want to do it for fun. It's it's low pressure, yeah. you know, low risk, um, but you never know. I mean, for all we know, we could put out a couple episodes and get a cease and desist from the team saying, "Don't talk about us." Well, you did. I mean, the, it could go that way. You did the smart thing. You're that the the name of the podcast is nowhere close to anything that's even that even resembles. You have to tell somebody, "Oh yeah, this is a Yankees, you know, Yankees fan podcast." So good job there. You know, you hang out with us on Saturday mornings, and we we talk about this podcasting stuff all the time. And typically, we would say, don't name your podcast something you have to explain, because that's, but I think in this one case, with sports, and especially with these big, you know, NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, I think it's essential that you name it something that's you have to explain, because you don't want them coming and saying, I think, you know, Nick uh, Suberling had 
inside the jungle or, or it was something kind of related to the Bengals and they, they came in and, and smacked that down where we had uh, Ivy envy, which about the Cubs. Well, okay. Don't Ivy isn't really what they, you know, so you've got some ability uh, to kind of distance yourself, but yet grow a fan base. Have you looked at other Yankees podcasts? Uh, have you kind of, I imagine, I mean, the Yankees are super popular. There's got to be. There are other podcasts out there. Um, not as creative with the name. Some of them have Yankees right in the title. So the things that yeah. I considered and like you just told stories about, there are podcasts out there that haven't considered that or, you know, they, they use terms and things that might be trademarked or that the team uses where, you know, the chase for 28, I'd have to, if I, if I, told that to somebody wearing a Yankee hat outside the stadium. I said, Oh, I do a podcast called the chase for 28. They would get it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was talking to somebody, you know, no offense, Mike, if I'm saying to Mike, who's a Kansas yeah. city fan, I do a baseball podcast called the chase for 28. You might say, Oh, what's that about? And wow. I would, it, 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 the term would go over your head. Yeah. But you know, us Royals are like the chase for what? Two, three. So yeah. that, that number is, I can't imagine people are up. Uh, our third. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to win our third. <laughs> But see now, but, but in doing that, we, we've kind of boxed ourselves in. So what if the Yankees go out next year and they win a world series? Yeah. Are we done with the podcast? We, we kind of joked about that in the first episode, like, all right, then we would like have to change the name. You know, we could podcast for a year, two years, or to your guys's happiness, they might never win yeah. again, which means I'll be podcasting till I die. <laughs> Jim's very excited. There you go. I wish you all the best success, Chris. Oh, I hope you podcast for, for many years more to come. Years, yes. Oh, and 28. Listen, there's, there's, Easiest only other, we can give. there's only one other team and that's the Patriots that I, I hate more than the Yankees. And so it's, uh, but we hate them because they're winners. Like they are winners. They have 28 or they have 27. <laughs> In this case, and, and we're very know, used to being losers, except for recently with the cheese. We're finally coming through here. That's working out. That's where that, that part's working out pretty well to be a cheese fan the last couple of years. Still not a Husker fan. Not a good time still. <laughs> no, no. But college football is a mess. It is just yeah. a mess. Like it's, it's a weird, you know, that's why I haven't watched any games. You're like, do they matter? Like, do they even matter at this? Are they even really playing? Right. You know, are these high school kids that they brought in? You know, you just. I, I just have not like the college is meaningless at this point. So I, I just don't, it's been super hard. Well, Chris, good, good luck and good fortune. It's not for the Yankees, but for you, may it be, a, I can't, I, I, can't, Thank you, Jim. Can't I appreciate that. It. It'd be like saying I like Tom Brady. I just can't say it. Right. So uh, no, good luck to you and that. And then we'll, um, we'll check back in with you as we think about spring, you know, again, as we get through the winter time and think about spring, We'll check back in with you again and see how things, how the podcast is going, how school is going. Do, do you, and you got to have some hope for the spring, right? As we think about potential vaccine that has come out, um, we're getting better at this, uh, a change in administration here in the United States. Um, you you got to have some hope going forward to the spring, I would think, don't you? I got a lot of hope, a lot of hope. Hope springs eternal. Hope has 2020 vision, you know? <laughs> Well, good. Uh, I, you know, I, I do, I do, I do too. And, and Mike, I have hope because crypto is, have you seen Bitcoin? Chris, do you follow Bitcoin at all? Are you a Bitcoin guy? Have you followed? I I don't have any, but is is it something like $17,000 a coin or something, some ridiculous thing? Hit 18 today. Yeah. 
And of course it did. Po- because how many Mike points thought, do you guys have? Mike thought it was going to drop about three weeks ago when it was at 11,000, just a few weeks ago. And it went on the biggest run it's gone on since 2000. That was at the 17 run or the, it was 2017, right? When it went in December of, of 17, end of 18. End of 18. And, uh, yeah, so I played that completely wrong, and I sold a few weeks ago, expecting to get back in when it dropped, and obviously it has not done that. So mm. I left a lot of money on the table there. Cra- crazy days, uh, crazy days. Uh, unlike Bitcoin, uh, the the real things I have some hope over. I think as we think about the the spring going forward and all the great stuff uh, that's out there. Chris, a uh, uh, good luck. I will continue to see you as you come out on Saturday mornings for Ask the Podcast Coach, but. Thanks for being a friend of the show. Thanks for coming back and doing this again. And uh, and you know what? Thanks for doing the tough job of teaching. Like, yes. you know, I'm fortunate my kids are all, well, I have one college, but the rest of them are done for the most part. And so we're kind of done in that space. But many aren't, Mike. You're on the cusp. Yeah, mine it. are three and four. And, you know, they go to Montessori school right now. So I teachers, I'm like, I cannot thank you enough. There was a three-month period where, uh, the school was closed and you really, it's sad that it takes that to form the highest level of appreciation. I appreciate teachers. And then after that, I'm like, I appreciate you a million times more because like this, the stuff like their brain just grows so much more when they're with you, well-educated, great educators uh, than they would ever be with people like me. <laughs> so I appreciate all the hard work you guys put in. You guys have stuck through this. You guys have been asked to do so much more than you signed up for. And you guys have been, you know, um, rising to the occasion. So I, I really appreciate the work you're doing, Chris. Sorry. It pulled I, all I your appreciate hair out. the thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so much. So we pulled all your hair out. Come on. Jeez. Let, let me just say this one. Thank you. And two to, to everybody who, who is listening to this or, or here live, if you've got school age children and there are teachers in your life, send them an email, say, thank you. That should be everyone's homework this week, Jim. Yeah. That's listening your homework, to this show. And if you have kids, send the teachers a note and just tell them know. you're appreciating. They are, I mean, it's tough. We've heard in the entire episode how difficult it's been. We had Veterans Day last week. We need to have a Teacher's Day. I, I, I think that just a national day and then teachers get to drink all day. So that's yes. all. They get the day off. And, yeah. Great. And, okay. and, and the parents provide the booze. We send them. We send. It's like this show. We send the beer in. You guys get to just drink it, take the day off, and and then you guys can tell us how bad our kids are. It's a free day. You can do whatever you want. You can send us letters. Man, your kid's a jerk. Be like a reverse Halloween, where you send you send the treats into the teachers. Yes, and, and you know baskets of them and things like shooters and things like that. So we should probably I like it. Oh, okay, I was gonna say we're probably gonna get Chris in trouble if we go too much farther with this. Chris, if you want to hang around for uh, the end and the post show, you're welcome to. But I've kept you an hour and some change. If you need to go, I would completely understand uh, in this. But thanks for coming out. Do you want to stay or can we? Should we? Let I, you- I, I do need to. Uh, the, the work of a teacher never ends even here. You know, mm-hmm. 1030 at night. I do have some things that I have to get done for tomorrow. But no, appreciate thank you guys you. for having me. I really appreciate it. You thank you, you Chris. Chris. Great to see you. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you. Couple of reminders uh, on our way out for for those of you regular listeners. Don't forget that uh, December third. That's just three weeks away, right? I think, or two weeks, two shows away. I think it's two shows away. Oh my God, is it? I, I think you're right. I think it is. So December third, send in your voicemail, uh, thirty seconds worth. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Just love to hear your voice, and we'll be playing those live on the show. Mike, we did that at a Gallup show, and it worked out really, really well. So. I'm excited. Yeah, you're betting you are right. Two weeks away. Next week is Thanksgiving. So no show on Thursday. 
in Friday, are you doing a live gym or Friday are you live, doing recorded? Friday live, same time. So it'll okay. be 8 p.m. Friday, Sammy right. and me. Yep. And we'll talk about um, her life. So it'll be kind of fun. You guys like Sammy. So jump in here and, and listen to her. Um, uh, HomeGadgetGeeks.com to leave the message. Join us in our Discord group, which in the last couple of days kind of blew up a little bit. It's kind of fun to see Discord blows up. I love up. it. Yeah. It blows up. It gets super quiet. So there's been a lot of traction in it. Uh, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord will get you in there as well. And this week's been a busy week. So I appreciate it. I think uh, Bust Out has been leading the uh, the charge out there. All Bust it definitely does. You folks like Schoonover and Mike, you to drop in a few comments and then things get going for a while. It's yeah. uh, not as crazy as Facebook. So join us over there. But if you are on Facebook, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Facebook will get you there as well. You can send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. On Twitter, I'm at Jay Collison. He is at Uyghur Tech. Don't forget the TheAverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Visit MapleGrovePartners.com for plans that start as little as 10 bucks, And then just head over to Hover. Go to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. Buy that first domain. Just buy your name. Like everybody should. I can't get JimCollison.com, by the way. It's not. Is Mike Weger? Have you ever looked? I at have him? it. Yep. You've got it. I have it. It's on Hover. Yeah, right? It is. Yep. The average guy.tv slash hover. Get $2 off your first and support the network. By the way, we get $2 as well. Uh, super helpful. And uh, head out to the average guy.tv slash hover. Mike, Thanksgiving is on its way. You guys staying in town? You head out? You do anything? Um, do you, what, what's the family tradition for Thanksgiving? Yeah, the tradition is to have a big old family blowout. Um, but no, we're we're keeping our finger on kind of the pulse of everything. But the max we are going to do is we're going to head down to Kansas City and just be with my parents. So my parents and my family um, would be the extent, and my sister. Um, but you know, yeah. But everyone's just say hey, if you have the most minor of exposure, we're just going to call it off this year. It's no big deal. We're kind of keeping it up as like we all understand. So it's going to be just us and my parents, um, unless someone has an exposure and then we're just going to call it off. Yeah, it's a good call. But it's tough not seeing the grandparents. I mean, that, that's been the hardest part for me is not seeing my grandma on both sides. And, uh, you know, so you got to always make an extra effort to, you know, send them a message, give them a call. We've dropped by with the kids and, and within their yard and kind of like, hey, come out, come out to your front door and wave to them. And they love uh, see the grandkids. So, so check in on your, um, uh, your, you know, grandparents and things like that. Cause this time can get really lonely for them. I, uh, I, I got a funny story about my mom. Maybe I'll save it till next time. Jim Shoemaker in technology. Uh, Jim Shoemaker says teacher appreciation day is Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. So I kind of figured there was already one out there. Yeah. Uh, we should celebrate that as well. We are live every Thursday, except next week, it'll be Friday. So don't forget Thursday's Thanksgiving here in the U S Friday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. But every other week, it's Thursday. The week after that is the big anniversary show. We are live 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Going into our 11th year. I've never done anything. Well, I've been married for 30, but I've really made every. Well, I've had kids for a long time, but never really done anything else that long. And I appreciate you guys and you. If you're listening, if you're hearing this, thanks. Thanks for listening. It's, it's fun to know that a couple... I don't know, 500 to 1,000 of you. I don't know what that means. Yeah, listen to it every single week, and we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll wrap this up so Mike can finish his, his NFL game. With that, I'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>